I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question. Hello, this is Vic Cohen broadcasting once again live. Yes, this is totally live. It's very exciting. From Skid Row Studios in historic glamorous downtown Los Angeles. The name of the show is It's a Fair Question because on this show, every question is a fair question. That's right. There's absolutely no question that is ever too personal or ever off limits. And tonight, oh, I have some very personal questions for our guest. He's actually a very good friend of mine. And he probably could be a friend of yours too. Like if you watched Family Ties ever either in its original form in the 80s or maybe in reruns, you're going to know this guy. He's kind of famous from that show and from a lot of other stuff he's done since. He's a great guy. And um, he's known as Skippy from the show. His name is Mark Price. Hello. I don't want to say I I was enjoying the dance music we were listening to first more. (laughs) Yes. Could you you put it in one ear or something? Just it was, I kind of got me into a groove. No. We can't. Which you immediately removed me from. Yeah, looking with at my you. credits from 20 years ago. Looking at you dancing is not fun. <laughs> Did you know? my man boob shake a little? Just yes, a little? <laughs> everything was shaking. Your man, your man vagina was as well. I don't even know what that means, but a lot was going on. So how have you been, Mark? Uh, speaking of man vaginas. Yes, speaking of man vaginas. It's a great... Uh, this is the last show. We were just, we were, we're falling into the sex show that was on before us. <laughs> That's true. Now, a lot of people have not seen you since 1989. And I know there was an Amber Alert out. Did but you talk get them on your me. phone? They yes. send those out on your phones now. Yes. So please put us at ease. Um, what has been going on? Where has Mark Skippy Price been? Yes. Thanks to Just for Men. You know what? The truth is, you do look the same. You, I'm looking at him now, and the childlike. Um, uh, essence is still there. They call the product just for men, but really nobody wears it for other guys. They should call it just to get laid. Just for men? Yeah, just for pussy. What that is ju- just for men's the hair coloring, right? That's correct. It, it takes the gray, and but you wouldn't have to know about that. You don't have any gray hair. I do on my chest. Do you? Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. and as every now and then I'll catch one in my ear. Just one? Yeah, and that's upsetting. The lone It's an insult to injury hair. when the only hair you have in you know starts turning gray. It's uncomfortable. You know you're getting old when you're at the barber and they go, should should I get your ears and nose? No, and I do that myself. Eyebrows? I do that myself. It's a hobby. <laughs> you know you're getting old when it's a hobby. But you have your full head of hair. I'm fortunate. I uh, was um, ruined by my father in many ways, but he managed to give me the full head of hair. Listen, and let's I'm just, appreciative. Let's just get right to down to the chase here, okay? I don't even know why you're here. I don't know why you're doing this because in my mind, you should be filthy rich. You were on a hit sitcom in the 80s with Michael J. Fox, Justine Bateman, and then the parents. And as far as in my head, and probably many of you listening, I'm sure this is in your head, Mark Price is just living on the high on the hog. 80s sitcom. Well, I, I can't complain. You did well. <laughs> I mean, you, you must have done very well. I've, are you kidding? I've lived one of the greatest lives imaginable. I it's, mean, that it's was the, the height. future I'm worried about. The past has been sensational. Well, you know, a lot of people would kill to For, have your life. To have my future? <laughs> no. <Or> my past? <laughs> no, to have your life. I, I believe that is true. I believe even even today, my life just today, you know, let alone 20 years ago. Right. I, I well, think this is I, the truth is I, I am- I've got one of the great lives. You do. And and it's true when I said at the top, I wasn't trying to be uh, all like that Hollywood fake show business thing, good friend. But we are good friends. We are. And I did pick Mark up today. And he, he was a little bit uptight. <laughs> <laughs> I picked him up from his beautiful, he has a, um, let's say a beautiful view. An estate. In a state, I mean, it really is gorgeous where you do live. Thank I mean, you. it's fantastic. It's probably the prettiest view I've seen in Los Angeles. It's up there. I, I like to say that I've got Madonna B. Uh, who was the famous producer uh, with had the biggest house ever in L.A.? And it oh, was, it was... Uh, Aaron Spelling. Right, yeah. I've got Aaron Spelling's beat. I've been saying this for a long time. I sourcing <laughs> references from 20 years ago. But, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody... I don't think there's anyone... I don't think Ashton Kutcher... I don't think anyone in Hollywood has a better view than I've No, it's incredible. Now, is that... Is that where the family ties money is? It's, is it, it's is very, it, 
<laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't mean there's a briefcase of money in the dirt. I mean, the dirt itself is the money. <laughs> right. I mean, how, how you were a young kid when you were on that show. You were about, what, 14 to, well, you became a man, really. Weren't you like 14 to 20? To, yeah. Years old? That's right. It was kind of like my bar mitzvah. Yeah, what a bar mitzvah. You did become a man, but that must have been challenging growing up in Hollywood like that. Um, Michael, <laughs> you're just setting me up for what? Michael Jackson never touched me. It's okay. I grew up in the 80s. Are you talking Hollywood. about the radio announcer, Michael Jackson? Yes, the radio announcer, Michael Jackson, never touched me. And, there is uh, one out here locally. That's where that, that was more of a local reference. But I, I, a lot of my 80s child star friends aren't as, as lucky. Because they're so, dead. You know, I, went, I, I went to a party recently and there, it wasn't a party. It was a seance. Yeah. <laughs> They yeah, are, it's a good joke, dead. but it's they're the dead. truth, right? Many of them uh, are dead, and that's not funny, of course. I never um, pick on them or feel like, you know, I, I actually feel sorry for them. anybody that's was popular in showbiz or whatever that's got, you know, serious life problems, because right. I relate. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, were you a virgin when you started that show? Yes. Family Ties? And um, I'm assuming you still are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you started as a virgin from having an actual <laughs> relationship with a girl. Uh, yes. Okay. So, would you say that that show got you laid? No doubt. Okay. A and lot. so, um, and and tell me the first person who that was, <laughs> or the circumstances. I don't kiss and tell, but uh, no, the circumstances. Well, I don't. I, and honestly, I don't remember the first. Uh, well, I definitely I don't want to hear about got, the last. I remember the first time <laughs> I got laid, but I don't. I don't remember it being family ties related. Actually, come to think of it. You know, I hadn't really, I had only done like one episode of Family Ties the first time I got laid, now that you mentioned it. Really? Yeah. So it had nothing to do with that at all? It really didn't. No, okay. I swear. But once that show became a hit. <laughs> yes, once it became a hit, I was known as Michael J. Fox's friend on a hit show. It was like 1987 or whatever. Perfectly timed. I'm like 16, 17 years old by that point, you know. Right. I mean, is there a possibility there are little skippies running around? No. You were very diligent? I was very careful to make sure that there's... Uh, Right, but you were telling me about that one woman with the condom. What was that? Well, she was pretty crazy. I had a girlfriend. She was a, an ex, you know, and they can be crazy, those crazy exes. And she would um, take a needle and poke holes in my condom oh. while I was wearing it. Oh. <laughs> I like that joke in clubs gets a, a wrestling response. I love it, People but... Go, oh! Well, hey. we, I always say, write what you know, and I kind of believe that. <laughs> I, I don't even, you know. But I don't, you, want to, I don't want to say it's been a while, but my emergency condom has made a permanent ring right. in my Aluma wallet. <laughs> well, let. what was it like in the 80s? On By the way, it turns out that if I let myself go to my own, like without editing and I just do my favorite jokes, like right. if I'm cut down, they go do 10 minutes. And I, for my whole one hour show, I just pick my favorite jokes. They are all jokes about not getting late. Yeah. Like 10 minutes. Like I say, you write what you know. Write what you know. <laughs> And, and trust me, it's not going to happen and goes, tonight. And it goes from funny to sad. I actually have to edit some of them out so it's not just 10 minutes of that. Be anyway. Well, what was it like? I mean, were you getting women um, and teenage girls, I would assume? Uh, like I was a teenager too before, right. became, yeah. so before someone calls the police. Or so what was going on? Were you um, like, I mean, what was that like exactly? I'm trying to get my head around it. Because well, I was just into, I, I, the best I could do is, you know, maybe a, a hustler you know, magazine, but you were out there doing the real thing. Yeah, I don't want to sell myself as too much of a playboy, though. Well, I did fine. I, I can't complain. I was still, you know, the nerdy kid. Like, I, well, I lusted after the girl on the show, and she rejected me. Justine like Bateman? Our, yeah, we kind of played like our characters did in, you ever, in real life. Did you ever kiss her? Not in real life. On the show, they had an episode or whatever, but I did go out a couple of times. Didn't really turn into much, but with uh, the beautiful girl from the Cosby show. Which one? There were many. Lisa Bonet. Did you make out with her? I we don't kiss and tell her. Did you bonet bonet? No. Did you bonet bonet? <laughs> no, answer the question, please. Did you bonet bonet? I wish I, I should just <laughs> said no. You didn't. Did you try to bonet bonet? Yes. You tried to bonet bonet. <laughs> He's just gonna keep saying that for the entire. Hour. What did that look like? I mean, when you say you tried to bonet bonet, was it like? <laughs> no, it's a fair question. I mean, were you on a date or did you just corner her somewhere? We actually went to a wedding together. Oh, that's romantic. But usually it's not the guy who gets amorous, you know. It's usually the girl at the yeah, wedding. Yeah, yeah. Were you like, maybe we should do this? Did you say that? I think it was implied. Whose wedding? Was it a Hollywood wedding? It was a Hollywood, it was in Brooklyn or New York somewhere. New that York, is uh, New York. But You're it was, great with geography. But it, it was a Hollywood, <laughs> it was a very Hollywood wedding. Yes. Whose wedding and, and, was it? And they're still together, which is great because I've been to a couple of weddings and they're not together anymore. 
who, who, who's and who? I feel but who was this who was this wedding was this one of the producer writers oh, okay. from Family Ties, who's now a big shot director and stuff, directs uh, movies with Sandra Bullock and stuff like that. Okay, so... And writes them. Now, did you ever make love in your dressing room when you were uh, on Family Ties? I'm serious. <laughs> I'm curious. It doesn't matter now. It's old news, so... Uh, I went to school on the set, so I actually... My dressing room was my school room. Right. I'm not quite sure how this ties into whether do you, you had sex in your dressing room. Well, you can't have sex in your school room, can you? Well, well, with your teacher, with my French tutor, actually. Oh, really? And your French is beautiful. She did a great job. I don't know a word of French. Just to give you an idea of how that works. Yeah, how does that work? Okay, with you have two choices. When room? you're a kid on the school set, you have two choices. You can totally get into it, read, and become a great student, like go to Harvard or get accepted to and Harvard. And I'm assuming you took the second route. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't finish my GED. <laughs> you didn't even get the G. I, I just <laughs> would look at scripts all day and stuff, and I was into the jokes, and I would study the comedy. Right. Comedy was my school. Right. Well, how do you, do you feel you missed out on kind of a foundational type growing up period, like uh, normal high school kind of thing? Well, yeah, like. You're, I know your dad is a very famous comic. He was on the Ed Sullivan Show. His From the was, old, old school. So very famous amongst our grandfather's parents. Right. But know, I mean, generation. and I know that's where you kind of got your, it was in the blood, right? Would you say that's true? I would say I was born into the business. My mom was a singer and my oh. dad was a comic and they would take me out on stage. I was a cheap device for applause. That's how I began. Oh, As that's a baby. Cool. Yeah. You okay. get hooked. You get hooked. Yeah, so you are a prop. I was. <laughs> we need a hook in our act. Let's uh, let's do this. So uh, your dad, Al, his first name, mm-hmm. last name's Bernie? Two first names, correct. Because they had to have a stage name in those days. His real name was Al Price. And uh, usually they changed your name so you'd sound less Jewish. Right, but Price doesn't but sound But in his good. case, he went <laughs> he became Al Bernie. He That's actually more, more Jewish. Yeah, uh, I don't get that. Rumor has it lure, if you will, in our family that um, his mom, my grandmother, who I never met, changed his name from Al Price to to Al Bernie, so he didn't have the same name as my grandfather because they had a like a like an early divorce, by the way, like before divorce was fashionable. Who had the divorce? My my grandparents. Really? Now, speaking of divorces, weren't you emancipated as a child? Yeah, I divorced my parents. My parents <laughs> got divorced. My grandparents were the first people in America to get divorced. How old were you? By the when way, you... did they even have divorces back then? And what is back then? I don't even know. The thirties? Uh, I don't know. When, yeah, I, when they they, got oh, I think they did. Yeah, and your grandparents might have been pioneers in that they, area, but they needed each other. But what happened? Separated. How old were you when this divorce happened between you and your parents? Maybe, uh, well, they fought from two to nine. Over you? <laughs> no, they fought for me. From, from oh, they fought with each 12. other. Okay, yeah, yeah. they fought with each other from you, the age of two. But to they nine did years. fight over me. It was Kramer versus Kramer. Very, really? very much as that movie. I'm came amazed out. anyone would fight for you. I'm just kidding. That's so cool. <laughs> but now, but now imagine. But when your parents. But now imagine you've got your mom <laughs> on one coast who's remarried to a, a doctor, right? Your stepfather's a doctor, and she wants you to become a doctor or a lawyer and go to college. And I should have listened. How old are you? Listened to How old are you? I'm 12, 13 years Living old. Living out in Los Angeles? Not yet, but that's the idea. I've got my two options. Okay. Stay with my mom, go to college, have a career, have a life, have a family. Right. Do the right thing. Okay. Or move to Hollywood and hang out at the comedy store and become a comedian and get on TV. And we <laughs> was, know which one you chose. Was there any question? Come on, who would choose anything but that? Right. So there, Don't even live with your parents. Get emancipated. Move out. Well, who's roommates when you're 16? Come on. So when you were 12 and you moved to Los Angeles, where was your dad living, Al? Where was he? He was out here. He had, he had just removed out west, yes. And he had a little apartment. Get right on that mic, Mark. Really tight. You can twist it around. I want to make sure we get all of you. So, yeah. That would be the anal part of Vic. Actually, worry that we're not picking up. I'm, I'm no, that talking, sounds I'm, better, oh. actually. It does. Uh, I totally hear a difference. So where were you? Okay, maybe By it's the way, your sound guy doesn't even wear earphones. Yeah. Your sound guy's not no, even No, our sound listening. guy is actually deaf. A lot okay. of people don't know that. Jeremy cannot hear. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful story, actually, how he could be like the engineer, producer, whatever. No, can't hear a word. It's crazy. Can't see so, either. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. There's going to be a made-for-TV movie about it one day. It's just going to be called Jeremy. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to you. Isn't 
that I, I um no and by the way i'm just joking song. you can hear very well i was just joking but uh mark what's the okay well hold on. Mark's what's the lot, mark what's has the, a very uh, short attention span that had the thing in a pearl jam thank you pearl jam jeremy song Done. um Moving let's on. get back to you okay 12 years old i'm that pearl jam where was your dad living in los angeles near the improv on north king's road near the mayfair he had an apartment in a building that I think Jerry Seinfeld had an apartment in and stuff like that. Um, One bedroom? Yeah. In the but 80s? Early 80s. That was the first time I came to town. He was uh, still alone, but he met my uh, stepmom, and they got married pretty quickly after that. And that was a great thing because she was pretty cool. So. And where did they, miss, did they move and get a house or something? I miss them or? both very much. And they got a place on the west side over by uh, the Mormon Temple over by Westwood, which became apartment? My, my home. Yeah. Okay. And so what, like a three-bedroom, two-bedroom? Two-bedroom, but very Beautiful neighborhood. I remember my walk to school compared to New... Well, New Jersey was a pretty beautiful neighborhood, too. So I have just... I just lucked out. We just had... Like, the walk to school was, like, unbelievably pretty. So you had... Trees along the street. You had incredible love in that family. You're 12 years old, 13, something like that. Did you have a bar mitzvah? I did. You did? I did not know that. Really? Let Mor me hear a little bit of Hebrew. Maury Amsterdam was there. Was he really? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Maury Amsterdam, for those of you who don't know, uh, is probably most famous for the Dick Van Dyke show. He was one of the writers, the, the short Jewish guy, uh, always with the, they would say wisecracks, I guess would be the right term for that. It's funny you should refer to him as the short Jewish guy because, you know, they made the original uh, Dick Van Dyke pilot without Dick Van Dyke. Did you know that? Carl I, Reiner played the star in the original pilot. Wow. Make room for daddy. Wow. And the network came back and said, we really like it, but it's too Jewish. Uh, I'm serious. And... Carl Reiner had the foresight to remove himself mostly and replace himself with Dick Van Dyke. That's a great story. Very interesting. See, that school, <laughs> that that schooling in the studio did pay off. This is what you learn, stuff like that. That was good. Good factoid. I used to watch, I used to sit in the booth. Like that. The booth where? At the family tie show when they would direct the shows and watch mm -hmm. the monitors and watch the director at action. And then I'd go sit under the window where the writers would do their rewrites and they'd be punching things up and stuff. You just loved it. I did. I, yeah. ate, I ate it up. All the whole studio thing. Just walking around and watching, you know. Fun, right? Cheers and the different Always shows. Oh, was on that lot? Yeah, we had, uh, well, a friend of mine had uh, keys to everything, right? He was the guard. He was a guard, like a... <laughs> Like a renegade guard. Okay. <laughs> we got the night shift at one point. Okay. <laughs> and we would just ride bikes around the lot. And he had keys to everything. Which so, lot was this? Paramount Studios. Okay. So is there a tour there? I can't remember. They might have little tours during the days, but I had the ultimate tour at night with my friend, the guard. Right. So for you, this wasn't like um, work. It was play. Truly. Now, I've had the opportunity when I've had some auditions, you'll run lines with me. And I have to say, I think you are a great actor. I mean, you just really are natural. I'm, you know, don't you feel you are? <laughs> I appreciate that. It's the truth. Uh, I think you really are good, and you must have a photograph. In order to be a good actor, I think you have to act. <laughs> well, you have a natural ability, and I think Other you're- Other than running I, lines with you? I don't think I've done that in the last 20 years. Well, I appreciate the self-deprecation, but the truth is you are a very good actor. And, and I can tell much. when I'm running lines with someone whether they can act or not. And the other thing I was really blown away by is how quickly you remembered your lines. I'm the guy doing the audition. <laughs> You're just running lines with me and you pretty much had it down like, like nothing. Do you have a photographic memory? Not about other things, but when it comes to scripts and stuff, I'm not the best at it, but it doesn't scare me. Like I could take a script and learn it. People go, oh, could you do that play or whatever? Go, how yeah. did you, uh, what was your uh, training like as an actor? Did you ta ever take classes before you got uh, Family Ties? I'm trying to remember. It was before, yeah. I guess it was before, huh? Because right when I came out here, um, you know, my dad had cool friends, right? Because he'd been in show business a lot. Okay, of years so now's the time to do the. Well, let's do the some name dropping. Okay, so his like, cool friends were who? well, like the grumpy. Well, more Amsterdam was at my bar mitzvah. But do you really know? Did you know more Amsterdam was like my uncle or whatever? You come did over you and hang out and stuff. And was play he funny in real life or yeah, was he actually, serious? All those, all those guys were really funny. Yeah. Was it always a joke or did he have a serious side to him? I'm and, sure they all had serious side, but I didn't see that side. I saw the Friars Club and telling jokes and lunch. And, and they'd hang out in Brentwood at the place, at, um, the, at the, your dad's place. Uh, no, it was, well, yeah, it was Westwood, but also the Friars Club out west, and then there was the New York Friars Club, which Friars was- Friars Club, famous. for those of you yeah. who don't know, is a particular club that was comedy-based, comedy-oriented. All the members 
were comedians. Well, actually, all the members, all the paying members were doctors and lawyers and rich people. And Who like to hang out with comics? Exactly. Okay. The but comedians you had were, Milton Berle was, I think, one of the last presidents, I think. Yeah, yeah. He was like, you know, or heads big or shot kind of guy. Right. I don't know if they're, in, I think the LA one isn't as healthy or it may not even be around. I don't think it's there anymore. But I think New York's might be. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm the New York one is still there. New York, New York okay. might never go away because so you would go to the Friars Club. piece of history. You would hang out there. That's correct. Run around like a kid. They had a bar, right? You they go to a, events. Nobody would ever work out, but they had like a spa, and you would like sit in the steam room, and there was a guy who would dry, dry you off when you got out of the steam room. <laughs> no, Mark, there was never a guy who did that. <laughs> you were just <laughs> you were just twelve and taken advantage of. No, there was a guy who would actually dry all the guys off, and you and there was a napping room. Like there was a workout room, but nobody ever even. <laughs> Open that door. That door never even, nobody <laughs> even considered working out. But but the napping room was very, very popular. popular. Yeah, they'd wrap you up in sheets and stuff, and it was the perfect temperature, and the TV was playing. It was great. So you, uh, do you remember any comics, uh, A-listers in that wrapping room? The like, old school guys, but the young guys would show up there too a little bit. But I remember, you know, Milton Berle and George Burns and Jackie Mason. And these were some of the great guys. Did they know you by name? They knew me as Al Bernie's kid. You're Bernie's kid. Okay. Never went for a skippy with one of those guys. How about Henny Youngman? Was he ever around? He was around that whole circuit or world. I don't remember him personally. Henny Youngman, uh, if you're not familiar with him, his most if classic. You're not familiar with him. Well, there are some who aren't. And, I know. There's and, a whole world of people. Yeah, he's who a comic, ooh, the violin, and he, he'd have some stuff around that on stage. And he also, uh, his famous line is, you know, take my wife, please. <laughs> That's I like the way you played that. You actually timed it. And I tried. Gave a different I, emotion I was trying on the to sell He it. didn't even do it. He didn't even sell it. Take, he just said, take yeah, my wife, yeah, please. Take my wife, please. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, well, so why did you, you have this great life with your dad. He's probably on the road a lot. So you're with your stepmom, correct? Um, sadly for her, I uh, was. I left with her quite a bit, which drove her crazy. Because you're rambunctious? Because I was, I was out of control. I was a teenager and comedy business and I just wanted to do I didn't want to go to bed I didn't want to wake up and go to school I played hooky all the time I, I wasn't you know like I didn't have a gun I wasn't a gang I wasn't doing anything you know yeah. I guess technically playing hooky is illegal but I wasn't like a crime guy or a drug guy but I was a uh, typical teenager in Hollywood who figured out how to not go to school but why why did, would you want to get emancipated when you've got such a cushy life you loved your stepmother. You loved your dad. You're hanging out with all these comedians who are... That benefited me when I when I moved out on my own as a young teenager because you could sign a lease or whatever. You know, you didn't have to be an adult. You could actually rent a place at 15, 16 years old, which is what I did. But the original reason for getting emancipated was to not have to have a guardian on the set all the time to save the money of having to hire somebody to be there all the time with me. So if somebody could just drop me off and pick me up, but I didn't have to have like a person there all the time. Because you were considered an adult? Correct. You, <laughs> so whose decision was that? Your parents were good yeah. with that? They yeah, that I've was... never, I've, now I'm an adult. So I'm not even considered an adult anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. but so you're... Now, can, is there some sort of reverse emancipation? Can I go in there now and say, okay, look, I'm an adult, but I've... But how did your... Why, back. why would your dad and, and your stepmom or even your biological mother in the East Coast, why would they agree to this? Because it seemed like a good idea at the time. Even uh, to them? Everybody did not have to, well, my mom, not my mom. She didn't want me to be in show business at all. But my dad and my stepmom felt like to hire somebody to be there with me, it was a lot of time on the set. You know, that was an expensive endeavor and there was nothing. They weren't doing anything. They were just people. I was being watched by the Weren't you being scold? Wasn't that a teacher doing that? And there was a school. Oh, there right, was additional. The, you, you had, had to a... pay for an additional technically to be your guardian on the okay. set. So this was, but once you're emancipated, were you still living at home even though you were technically emancipated? For for a few minutes. Then I, once I was emancipated, it was hard to keep me home. Did they know that that was going to happen? I don't think we realized that was going to happen. And you said there's nothing you can do about it? Well, I said, if you want to live under my roof. Did you really say <laughs> no, that? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to do what I say. Um, I think what happened was is that I took off and it didn't, it freaked out my stepmom completely. She was a very loving mom and wanted me to, you know, like much like my real mom wanted me to, uh, you know, go to college and have a wife and a career and all kinds it's of not too late, Mark. good things. <laughs> right. But my dad had been through comedy and the, uh, my dad was much older. So he grew up in the thirties and forties and stuff. And it just was no big deal to him at all. He, he was on his own when he was a teenager. So he didn't think twice about it. 
And you, and the your mom, your biological mom on the East Coast hated it. But why did she sign off on it? She didn't. So it happened anyways. Yeah. Somehow they got around it. Uh, she didn't have to sign off on it. I guess I don't know. Wow. Was that always a problem later in life? Or did she hold that against your dad, Al? Or yeah, this emancipation thing. Uh, not the emancipation thing, but the whole idea of uh, holding up a uh, Hollywood option for a youngster who. <laughs> <laughs> was going to school and living in suburban New Jersey and pretty much on a normal track. So uh, when you were emancipated... Because how could she compete? Right. It's very sexy and fun for a, a boy, young Literally. man. Yeah. Literally. Have you been to Hollywood lately? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It blows away New Jersey. A trip to Ralph's supermarket <laughs> blows away the best strip club in New Jersey. Or that coffee bean, although they weren't there then. That coffee bean on Sunset and Crescent Heights is quite a show. Or any Whole Foods. <laughs> we can go on and on. Forget the tours. Sure, these are the secret places if you're visiting Los Angeles you need to go to. It's, it's much more interesting than the tours. So you end up, did, did who were your When I first go to the roommate? supermarket, it's the only time I'll ever walk down the aisle with a supermodel. Something, something <laughs> like, I had a joke like that. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> they're not all winners, folks. This year, you're getting a look inside the process. It's very exciting. They can't all be gems. <laughs> no, they can't. So who was your first roommate as this emancipated young man uh, you were at that time? And how old? You were like 14 when you moved out? No, I was at least 15. Okay, so who did you first live with? Honestly, my first roommate was a, um, he was like 19, right? His name was Peter Tompkins, a young actor. And, a stand-up uh, comic? He wasn't a comic, he was just an actor and, and he did like a Skittles commercial and stuff. He was actually really cool. I, I looked him up on Facebook recently, I didn't see him, but I wouldn't mind... Touching base with him again. You're brother. looking for a roommate. You guys could relive. <laughs> it's a big circle. We'd probably move into the same place. We were on Sunset Boulevard, right across from the Central, which became Johnny Depp's nightclub, whatever that's I don't even now. know where that is. So like rock and roll stuff? By the way, I only know the nightclubs from what they were in the 80s. I'm like, hey, you want to go to the old Carlos and Charlie's? Let's go. Let's go to the new thing. Where yeah. the hell that was? Okay. So... So you're living with this guy, Tompkins. Was he a normal guy? He was an actor, too. How do you end up hooking up with him as a roommate? Uh, He was 19. He was 19. It made sense that he was going to get a place, and I needed the place, and it just kind of worked out. Okay. So do you ever look back and and regret? But right after that, I moved in with the comedians. You know, that was the next move. Oh, really? Comedy store guys. And who who were you living with then? Well, the Todd, Todd Lemish, who was good friends. Why do you call him the Todd? That was his name. That was his stage name, the Todd. So okay. We used to call him the Todd. Okay. Um, great spirit, great energy, wonderfully warm and funny, and just so nice to me. Oh my God, he was so supportive and cool. And then he introduced me to the gang at the time, which was unbelievably talented people. Most famously, Sam Kinison, Freddie Asparagus. A lot of people don't know him, and he's no longer. A lot of these. Guys I remember are Freddie Broccoli no with us. You remember Freddie Broccoli's cousin? But yeah, but I don't remember uh, Freddie Asparagus. Joey Gaynor. The list goes on, and I could mention. What was Kinnison like? I thought I love him. He's one of my favorite comics of all time. So when I showed up into the scene at eighty one, eighty two, the Westwood Comedy Store was a thing, and it was no longer around for a long time. No longer around, but you didn't have to be twenty one to get in. It was for UCLA, the college kids, and stuff like that. I don't know how their liquor license worked, but they serve burgers. And Westwood then was hopping. Oh, it's yeah. not the way it is now. I, I don't think it's unhopping now. I'm sure it's hard to find parking. Well, I remember years ago, well, they did have some like violence around there and riding. Yeah, that's long gone. No, and they, I but, think they, the, but this was before that, I think. No, 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 no. What I'm talking about was before that, right? right. And they when had gangs for cool. a while. And then that kind of killed the yeah, vibe. Yeah, I think they got rid of all the gangs and stuff yeah, now. It's, but I don't know I'm if they sure ever it's... came back to what they probably were. But go on. So you're, you're... Yes and no. I mean, culturally, yes. But in terms of finding parking, it's the same. <laughs> okay. So, um... But yes, it was the hub. It was cool. It Is that where Kennison was? Like was? Exciting. At the Westwood Comedy Store, he would go on last. He wasn't even pulling spots in Hollywood that much yet. And they would put him on last because he would scare the audience to leave. Really? People, people didn't know he was hip yet. It was just scary. It was terrifying. People just a guy would, in a trench coat yelling. Going, ah. <laughs> people would just be like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> That's, um, and then I remember watching that evolution. I remember watching it slowly. People started to get it. Then the comics were all laughing in the back of the room. And then there was like, you know, rock stars and people like hanging out to, just to see him. And then slowly but surely everybody got in on it. And before it was over, he was working in Madison Square Garden. He was it? never a roommate of yours. No, but he was um, very tight with this group of comics that I got in with. Now, remember, I had a place to stay. If I wanted to, I could go stay with my, the my, Skittles guy. my stepmom. 
Well, even, he's a Skittles guy. Or the, the, the Skittles guy. But even before this, before I had the roommate, while I was still living at home, I would go to these comics places and they one guy would have a uh, half an apartment or something and then eight guys would, you know, couch around and... Sleep on the floor. Yeah, that kind crash. of thing. And I would join them because I wanted to, I wanted to sit in on those conversations and on those comedy jams uh -huh. and learn about the business and be a comedian. But I was I actually had a room. <laughs> Parents, these guys had nowhere to go. They, it right. was that or the car for them. They were doing that out of desperation. I was doing that of survival. Desire. Yeah, well, that's the great. whole thing was weird because I was on a sitcom and that's all they all wanted. That's that's one of the reasons why I got to know all those guys. That's all they wanted to do was be on a sitcom. That was a big deal for them. And all I wanted to do was be a club comic. Was Freddie Prinze around then? Or no, I missed already? that. I missed that. Okay, a little old, little older. Yeah, what a what an experience. Now, how have you avoided doing hard drugs? I uh, didn't at first. Uh, what if, what drugs have you done? Well, we don't need to go into it. No, I think what it's important. What is this? <laughs> it's important. I asked, it's a fair question. These are the questions I we started asked. doing drugs um, when there was a thing called Quaaludes. <laughs> and I think they still exist. I was far too young. I was doing cocaine and stuff as a teenager. It was, it was too young and it was wrong and it was crazy. And some of the How adults old? that let me do that were just wrong. How old were you when you did cocaine? Too young. I, I honestly, 14? I, don't, I don't get too much into it. I was too young. Well, okay. Um, let's talk about some of the celebrities you did. But I will. This will be very specific question. about this. Have not done it since the mid '80s or '80s at least. Not haven't done it since the '80s. That's a long time. It's, it's okay, okay, Mark. You don't have to. <laughs> I think it's important. Though. We get it. You're a Hollywood guy. No, because I get amped. I get a little excited, and people th think I'm on coke right now. Right. I just think. Well, I honest, I think you're ADD. I think you're ADHD and any other letter. But I don't think you're on drugs. What is AD? You've like HD? ADD. You have no, like your attention. You're very hyped up and sometimes you get very excited. I, I mean, you know, you lose focus quickly. I'm looking forward to the AARP. <laughs> this, is not, <laughs> this isn't an insult. I just say, I never thought it was from drugs. I just think you get, you get excited. And some of it, I think, I think you do have a touch of ADD without being a professional. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll be into something. I used to and shop then you, at the A&P. Then you know what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> so when you came to doing cocaine... <laughs> Would you stop now? No, wait, I keep no, going I, on that. No, no, it's a fair question. Everybody did it. It was the 80s not, for crying out loud. It is not a witch hunt, Mark. Okay, right. you were questioning. But who are some of the celebrities that you might have partaken? I uh, don't in that? kiss and tell like that, but you could guess from the previous stories. So, Sam, I mean, Sam Kinison was a very well-known drug user. A lot of the comics were. And you know, it's funny because my dad came from that old school world of comedy and he always considered it an unfair advantage. To him, like doing cocaine before you went on was like steroids. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that was his answer. It, it was cheating. That's hilarious. I never thought of it as like as that, but that's really funny. I'm afraid of drugs. I mean, I've tried marijuana, but other than that, you're I'm just pretty straight edge. You're pretty straight edge. I'm scared of dying. Yeah, I, I get mean, you. I get you. you know, people do now, die from I was then. Stuff. When you're 17 or 15 or whatever, you don't even think about that. But right. uh, now, yeah. <laughs> so, did you ever see any comics shooting heroin? No, I've never. No, it never got that ugly. I never saw. I've never seen heroin. I don't even. I don't see cocaine these days. Although I hear it's back again. I've never seen meth. I've never. There's a lot of drugs. I've it's never funny. Seen. I've never seen cocaine either, or meth. But I did see a homeless man's penis last week. <laughs> I think we <laughs> saw one together on the walk over to the <laughs> right. studio tonight. That's true, and it was ang it angered me <laughs> because I didn't. One, I didn't ask, and two, it was so big. And it no, made me no. feel so small. No, honestly, you're, you're kidding, but it angered me and I did feel small because if you remember, we saw the guy, there was a homeless guy peeing just on the side of the street. We do the show from downtown Los well, Angeles. And I was complaining to you about my life and my world, right? And I said, right. I think I'm at some sort of a... I said things could be worse. I, <laughs> and you pointed out... No, I said never tempt worse. Let's talk about that. You think that life is tough. Do you want to give us a, a scent of that? A little... Uh, how much do you want to share? It's, so you're saying you're not feeling like you're on top of the world like you were back then right now. You've had some good highs and I don't mean, I don't mean drug wise, but like what's going on now, Mark? <laughs> That's a fair question. It is a fair question. It's a fair question. Um, well, I live this great life. So, and I am on top of the world literally with my property on the, in the Hollywood. Right. House. And, and I, uh, yeah, I want to drive home. I mean, before you start to feel bad for Mark, which I know is going to happen very shortly. No, no, no. Nobody's allowed uh, to feel bad for me. No, honestly, there's okay, but no it's pity a, here. Nobody. But he has a view from the ocean. To the Hollywood sign. 
to the Hollywood sign, okay. and he's very high up in in the air. I mean, like the land, you know, because there are mountains here in Los Angeles. Yeah, of course. And it's a lot of rock and roll history where I live in rock, in Laurel Canyon. Right. Okay. Right? Now, after we've said all that nice, fun, uplifting stuff, how's life, Mark? So the like the birds <laughs> used to live where I live. The rock group. Right the now, birds. that's all that's. <laughs> We've got a lot of birds. Okay, go on. There's a birdhouse. <laughs> I currently You're live in a birdhouse. You're living yes. in it. <laughs> but there's a lot of lore about anywhere in Hollywood. You can hardly ever find a right, but let's car get that to Jerry you. Seinfeld didn't own. Or a... Queen Latifah used to poop in that toilet. Or, you know what I mean? That kind of right. thing. There's always let's like get, something connected to somewhere. Let's get to you, Mark. I know. you. Okay, know. so what's going on? So I bought this property years ago. Which has got to be worth at least a million dollars I don't now. think technically it is, but maybe it's just priceless because I never intend to sell. Did you try and make a funny joke because your last name is Price and you said no, priceless? No oh. pun intended. Okay. Sorry, go on. <laughs> go on. No, that's going to cost you five cents. <laughs> hey, come on. That's some of my best stuff. So go on. Here I live high atop in the Hollywood Hills and I didn't do the, I don't do things normal. I'm an absurdist, Vic. Okay. I think if there is a philosophy where you can live your life and choose the absurd. Yes. I often do. Yes. For, I'll go on. I'll for go right on. or wrong, for good or bad, that's, I often, I'm an absurdist. I, so, I would say you're an eccentric. So instead of building a house and having a mortgage and doing like everybody else and the, making a zillion dollars in the real estate boom of the last 30 years, what did I you moved do? into the property in a trailer, <laughs> a 1940s trailer, very beautiful. You very snuck cool. it in in the uh, dark of night. Correct? Technically, it was there when I bought the property. Oh, yeah, right. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, okay. It went in. What do they call it? While the, while the property, when you're buying something, it's an escrow. While it was an escrow, <laughs> it showed up. Okay. So this, this cool <laughs> camper just suddenly popped up on Not this. a camper. Like a mobile home. Mobile. 40 by 8. Right. Very okay. long and skinny. I would wake up in the middle That's of the night. That's feet, not inches, right? And go bowling. Yeah. It yes. was nice. I feel pretty Now, now I'm in the 40 by 8 feet. <laughs> okay, so Whatever. what happened? Inches. Uh, crazy, uh, you know, I have two neighbors. One, I have a lot of neighbors. I'm very close with my neighbors. But I have one set of neighbors that I'm, they're become my surrogate family. Okay. And I've been next to them now since I'm a teenager. And I've really become, they are my family, really. Um, since my dad and my stepmom passed, I can't think of anybody I'm closer to, really. And okay. They are above me, and it's so symbolic because they're like angels from heaven. They're religious people, and they're the most fun people I know. And they're kind of like your family. They've become my family. Yeah. And they're so they're up above me, angels above. And, and I've met them. They are amazing people. Below me yes. moved in a, a developer. Okay. I don't want to be... Rude. I don't want to be uh, racist or uh, stereotypical. Okay. But he's Israeli. That's <laughs> just terrible. That's, you're going to get letters on that one. No, you but, are. <laughs> I have nothing to do with that. It's MarkPrice.com. But it's a cultural thing. It's a, cult it's a Middle Eastern cultural thing. It has nothing to do with Israeli. What is? What is? The way that he behaves. Well, first of all, there are a lot of Israelis who are wonderful people. I know that. They don't behave the way, you're, the way you're... I understand. What did he do? But I just want to say that when I tell people an Israeli developer moved below me, they go, oh. But that, it's... I better think that through before my position on that officially. Okay, but go on. He's made my life a bit of a, of a hell. He's opened up a hotel. He's turned the house into six units. And Wait a minute. Rented out each he opened night. up a hotel in the middle of... Laurel Canyon, very small a residential neighborhood. neighborhood where there's no parking. <laughs> there's no parking? There's no parking. Laurel Canyon is an Indian word that means no parking. <laughs> well, okay, so what's the problem? Old, I mean, it doesn't sound fun. American Indian word. So on top of everything else, we were getting along. I, I, we're, we're not getting along, and I kind of took him on a little bit about blocking in, me in because he was always blocking my driveway and stuff, and I took him on a little bit, and I got trounced. He, he basically he turned my trailer into the city. And so January 1st of this year, I got a 30-day notice to comply. Trailer's gone. He's still running the hotel, by the way. Wait, so you're telling me you don't have a trailer to live in? That's correct. So what's, uh, what's going on on that land? I used to live in an Airstream. Now I live in air. <laughs> it's a good joke. Thank you. <laughs> I thought I I'd get 10 funny. minutes out of it. Instead, I got one half a joke. No, what's that's funny. On? That's a good joke. But, um, but what is seriously going on? I know I... Get the joke. I have no overhead. Hey. <laughs> Literally. 
There is so, nothing over my so head. So are you like living in a tent? No, on this I have to I have to uh, figure out how to build a house is my next move, honestly. And that's really why Mark's here. You can give us a call at 800-893-9562. No, I'm not asking for anything. Mark wants I'm a not house. asking for donations. This is a bad telethon. I'm suddenly. not selling t-shirts. <laughs> There's nothing like that going down. I'm not even sorry for myself because I've got this great life. Hey, by the way, um, I look at it like my trailer was taken out in a, you know how many storms take out trailers, right? The right. Tornadoes. And so stuff like a like, tsunami or something? like storm magnets trailers, really. Yeah. And I thought, you know, what if, you know, thank God everybody's okay. The trailer went away, but, you know, nobody was hurt. I was able to get all the stuff out, my pictures and my stuff and my things. Right. So, so in some ways, this is a blessing. I think eventually it will show itself to be that way, and I certainly hope it does. At the moment, it doesn't feel that way, but it never does. So are you, like, uh, are you able to live on the land? Or what's going on with this? I have to figure out a way to build a house. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. It is a fair question. Yes. If you do want to give money to Mark, the no, numbers... No, would you stop? There's no, on. no, 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 I'm not taking any money. Okay. I can give it to you. But the number is 800-893-9562, 800-893-9562. And um, if you want to feel like you you're... You, who's done everything right, who saves oh, your money, yeah, you yeah. save everything. Oh, what, what, you don't? You don't save your... I try. Anal. You do the, everything right. You are you gallant can, to my goofus. Well, <laughs> I somehow, somehow feel bad about it now. You know, you, I feel I feel like you're doing fine, Mark. It's just a little bump in the road. You're going to be fine, especially after we help you financially at eight hundred eight nine. Stop it! Would you stop it? This is not a telephone for me. No, I'm gonna. You, you no. Ahead of time, you no. asked me. I'm gonna do it. Stop it! <laughs> he didn't ask me. He said I don't want to come off as needy. And now I'm totally turning it on him. Well, listen, um, just so you know where your investment's going, why don't we play that first clip? This is from a while ago, Mark. So you can see, you know, he is also a very talented stand-up from, comedian. This is from 20 years Jeremy, ago. Jeremy, can we play that first clip from 20 years ago? This is what your money will be investing in. I Go ahead. I want to warn you all right away now. I am a former sitcom kid. So if you don't laugh at my jokes, I'll buy drugs, beat up a transvestite hooker, and rob a video store. <laughs> I'll outdo little Dana Plato, who... Oh. Ouch, that's so rude. <laughs> he robbed a video store in broad daylight. Start, you can't do Dana Plato jumps down. Hard copy. Why not? Because she's no longer with us. <laughs> We're having sad. a problem with the clip, actually. Maybe it's God intervening. It's terrible. I used to do a joke. The different strokes kids went from shooting a series to a series of shootings. She's a regular. And... See, okay, now all the former sitcom kids getting into trouble with the law is really starting to make my life miserable. Like, now I walk into 7-Eleven... And it's all over. The guy behind the counter goes, hey, aren't you the kid from TV? I go, yeah. He goes, don't hurt us. Please don't take anything you want. Don't hurt us. So then I play into it. I go, Slurpees now. Lots of them. Hurry. Natalie Tooney, cover me. Urkel, now, start the car. Shortly after that clip, your testicles dropped, right? <laughs> My voice is so high there. You still sound very young in that. You know I what's funny that. is I talk just as fast now. Like I haven't learned how to control my speech patterns any better than that. Let's go to clip three, uh, Jeremy. This is Mark more recently in Atlanta, the Atlanta Improv. I think Orlando, but yeah. Orlando. My mom growing up was a cop. That's what kept me on the straight and narrow. When your mom has a gun in her purse, you learn to respect your mom. Other kids would come home drunk and stoned. Their parents wouldn't have a clue. My mom was swabbing Q-tips inside my mouth, sending hair samples directly to her lab. It was like CSI, my mommy. She'd come into my bedroom when I was a teenager and look it over with one of those blue lights. What's this? Hold on. It looked like I was painting. I was a teenager. I love that joke. That was great. Thank you. Um, so any tr now the truth is your stepmom is or... No, my mom was a cop. The one my on the East Coast. My stepmom was a... Um, owned a business and was into, uh, she was a part of a, not a flower store, but like a guy that did flowers for weddings and things like that. She okay. ran his business. So there was truth though about the cop thing. She didn't really. It's total truth. My mom, who was a singer in show business, hated show business so much and the bookers and the craziness we have to go through with the, right. to get to the gig and deal with the, the bookers, <laughs> the club owners, which is a world I'm still in. She hated that so much. Let's talk about that. What are you doing right now? Besides she, talking that she to me. retired from show business and became a cop. Oh, okay, sorry. I didn't and know. so that people would shoot at her, and she preferred it. 
over that line. Over dealing with showbiz, yeah, and being on the road. Okay, well, that's a real interesting thing. I love that you talk about that in your stand-up, you know, that you actually pull from real life. I think that's, for me, I always love hearing stand-ups talk about their Things that life. are true, true to them. Yeah, but not, but then building on it, of course, because if we just stay true to the truth, True to the truth, it's not interesting. But as I've, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but what I like to use in my writing, and I think that's true for all great comedy writing, is to use the truth as a springboard, but not as an anchor. So you use the truth in this joke that your mom's a cop, and then you use a springboard into how she's swapping you in the light, which I'm guessing wasn't true. But you used the truth as a springboard, not as an anchor. You gave yourself the liberty to go anywhere with it. And I like that. The truth will set you free. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's, that, that's, I think that's how you get to the front. As an artist, there is truth to that. Yes. Now, um, what are you doing today? And I don't mean just talking with me. What are you, and fighting your Israeli developer um, and trying to find a home <laughs> other <laughs> than those things? Uh I think you just nailed it. I think you just summed up my day. Well, you've been um, producing, right? Yes. I've been uh, fortunate enough to work behind the scenes writing and producing over this past many years for Disney Channel, TBS, E, Game Show Network, Food Network, a bunch of different things. None of, I, and I've sold some shows, which is hard to do, as yes, you know, very hard is. to sell it a show. It is very hard. And you've made some money doing it. But none of them hit big. A couple of them got even picked up for a, a second You've season. been doing this a long time, too. <laughs> Way too long. It's so funny because my life was and has has been. I almost used the word has been. I don't think I'm allowed to say. Your has life been. has been. No, I'm not, I can't say has been. I'm I don't. Not, uh, not okay, there we go. That's a joke because he doesn't want to be called a has been. <laughs> he's, I, he's it's sad when I have to. Up. It's sad when I have to diagram the joke. Because <laughs> when you Google him, washedupcelebrities.com is the first thing that pops up. I wish that word. That joke. is not true. Not. It's on the There's first page. several <laughs> other. Leave it to Beaver. That guy's there. So what's Eddie the question Haskell, again? The guy I'm, I'm too eight, I'm way too ADD to move on. See, to I told what the original you question was. Um, I was asking what you've been to. up to, okay. and I know you. How's the stand going? So no, I was telling you that my life has always been about achieving goals, right? Setting my sight on a goal and then achieving it. Right. I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, like my dad. And you started as a kid doing that too. Didn't Fourteen you? years old on the Merv Griffin show. Boom. You know, it was a couple of years after I set the goal. Boom. There I am doing it. I, I wanted to be on a sitcom. I want to act on a great sitcom I want to be like my favorite actors you know <laughs> like okay. Don Knotts and, and you were I wasn't maybe as good as Don Knotts but there I was playing the silly character on a great show I got so lucky I got into that and there was a goal and I set my sights on the goal and there it was I achieved it yes 15 did. years old <laughs> I said I want to be in movies I can do that I've seen the, the great movie stars Michael J. Fox is a great actor he's making movies now I want to make movies Boom! 17 years old. I'm making a movie. Gene Simmons, Ozzy Osbourne. Going overseas. We did, I did a couple of movies. I went to Paris, New Zealand, and China. This is great. I'm not even 21. I go, I set, I'm one of these people. I set my sights on a goal. I achieve it. Right. I'm just one of those people that's always going to have money. I'm just, I am. I had a manager that told me that, by the way. What a bad manager. He goes, you know how you're one of those people that'll just always have money? <laughs> the last thing you tell That's your 19 year old client was not the guy ripping you off. <laughs> no, he never ripped me off. He never ripped me off. But that is the he ripped right. me off by giving me that advice. But the the head of the 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 highlight of the story is that it's been more challenging selling shows. Selling a TV show has just kicked my ass. It's trounced me more than my Israeli now, developer. Here's the deal, Mark. Okay, in all seriousness. This interview is an intervention. Okay? No, it is. It's not about drugs or alcohol. It's not that it's, kind of intervention. It's a show business intervention. It is. And you're going to bring it on all, all my family and my friends. No, and no. everybody's going to go, no. act again, you idiot. No, it's no. just me and you. That's okay. all it is. All right. Now, before I get into the intervention, well, this is part of it. You, Mark Price, need to go back to acting. That is what you are great in and you've excelled in. And I have no idea why you are not pursuing it full throttle. You need to be doing reality shows. You need to, and I'm don't take this, <laughs> the, don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> you need to get out of the tent and into the back into what you do so well. I know you don't live in a tent. I'm just being dramatic. You need 
to to it take my car. You have right. You live in your car. Sorry, <laughs> but you and you have that thing. Why? What is wrong with you? Why are you not? Just going out and doing what you can do. Well, I think I recognize that that decision to uh, give up the acting and uh, make it first as a, a writer and a producer and stuff might not have been the best decision. But why are you like, why don't I'm stubborn? I have trouble cutting the ties that bind, you know, cut and run. Like sometimes you need to just cut and move on, right? That's Mark, part of life. The universe, and I'm being serious here, the yeah. universe was saying yes to you as an actor. Okay. It was. <laughs> I know. I jumped off. The, what I, is going on? Get back. I'm serious. Like the Beatles. It, it frustrates me. Well, you know, this year, um, in addition to now needing to uh, make some income to build my house on my property, actually, there's a need, which oftentimes, you know, a need can kick your ass into making sure, something. Right. Okay. Right. right. Propels you forward. Right. Because I became lazy over these years. I had. Nice setup, right? My trailer there and the property going on the road. Pretty so, yeah. easy going. I mean, you thing. like that. I wouldn't, I couldn't handle living in a trailer. <laughs> I love that lifestyle. I, I could take 10 minutes in there. <laughs> if you noticed, it. I walked outside a lot when I came to visit. I used to, walk, I used to walk around cramped. pace outside, then I'd call the agent. i go, I'll be in my trailer. All I know is you had an outside shower, and the last thing I needed to be doing is watching you scrub your balls while I'm sitting on your couch. Well, no, come on now. I wasn't taking outside showers <laughs> you while had, you were sitting there. Okay, you had a shower that was outside in nature. Yes. And I'm sitting on that couch, and I look through the, the screen glass, and I'm looking at you scrubbing your balls. No way. How, You're what? not supposed to look, man. Well, I'm just telling you that that's not my lifestyle. That's your lifestyle, and okay, you liked it, but it's gone. Now you've got just a bucket of water and a sponge scrubbing your balls. <laughs> the trailer's gone in a card share for your guests to stare and watch you. So we need to take action. I've been telling you for years and you just won't listen. No, I did. I, I got an agent this year for the first time. But what have I been saying about years. the reality stuff? You should be on a biggest loser. I'm not saying you're that fat. <laughs> oh. You should be on the biggest loser. <laughs> no, don't you take should be on celebrity rehab. Hey, you know what? You tried you tried to get me to go on celebrity rehab. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was happy. Hey, let me tell you something. If I were Mark Skippy Price, whole different story. You should fuck a Kardashian. You know what? I would do everything. I would do everything to get back. Back to where you excelled the most. Yeah, because you want to be famous and you're like everyone no. else in America who wants me to be famous. You want me to be famous. You First want of me all, to want to be famous. No, I'm, it has nothing to do with being famous. That's okay. your head. Okay. It has nothing to do with that. This is what it has to well, do wait, with. Well, wait, you agree that America is fame obsessed. I don't care about oh, America. Okay, I'm talking okay. about you. All right, all right. And this is what I'm saying. And you're going to listen back to this tape, okay? I'm going to send you a link to this later. You're going to listen to the show. I mean, you can use it like a meditation. Don't, don't count on that. No, well, you're going to because I'm going to make you a tape. Or I'm going to make you a CD. They don't have tapes. <laughs> Actually, I felt more comfortable with the tape. Ironically, listen, let's, let's, let's not get Let's okay, not okay. get unfocused. ADD. Let's get, let's get focused here. Okay? If I'm you, I'm doing everything I can. It has nothing to do with fame, Mark. That's where you're, you're so off the mark. What I'm talking about is you have a God-given talent. It's been recognized by Gary David Goldberg on Family Ties. It was recognized by the um, Archie's, that Archie's Place, that sitcom you did. If you can check it out, he, Mark was on a sitcom, a uh, spinoff of uh, the fam, uh, All in the Family. People in the business who know talent have recognized you and cast you. And it's not a charity event, uh, Hollywood. This is, they did it because they saw talent. And I've seen it in you as well when we've been running lines, you still have it in you. And I think it's a big mistake. You know, we all have talents. Your talent is in acting. And it's a gift. Forget about the fame. Go be Woody Allen and, and don't go to award shows and, and, and just have nothing to do with the fame. But use your skills. We all have God-given skills. We, you know, and I think that this is one of yours. And I think that Doing the warm, doing uh, reality would be great for you too because we just need to get you out there. That's I'm telling you. I know. <laughs> I do know. Yeah. You need to, you want to build a big house on that piece of property? Take my advice. You could be acting in, in feature films. Right now is not the time. Let me tell you something, Mark. This isn't the time to do what you want to do. We are in emergency mode. You need to do what you have to do. 
to make money. And this is it. Welcome to That's Fair Advice. No. With the No. I'm telling you. You listen to me and you talk to your agent, you come up with a plan and you start acting, you're going to get cast. You're a really good actor. You're just naturally very good. You've got a great mind for, you know, like you said, taking in scripts. Forget about the pitching of shows. It takes a long time to make money with that. The, the odd part is, which I don't know if you realize, but I'm going to remind you of this. The more acting roles you get and the more you're known as a uh, money-making commodity through your acting, guess who suddenly got production deals? Mark Price. Yeah, no, I have to get something going. There's no, no doubt about it. No, but I'm telling you, no that's how it will happen. You want to be a producer? You know, they put your credits when you go to the local comedy clubs and, you know, they say, seen on Chelsea lately or whatever the different things. For me, they put, like, as seen on the TV Land Awards. Okay, whatever. <laughs> that, it doesn't matter. That's fine. That's actually legitimate. And there are probably pe and there are people who are excited about you still. There are, and they come to the clubs and watch you do stand-up still. But I'm talking- Speaking but, but of which, can I plug my no, Labor Day no, weekend you can't. Tahoe? Let me improv? finish. I'm not okay, done. Sorry. I'm not done. This is important. It might seem, you know, like I'm just talking here about stuff. I'm really trying to help. You want me to seriously and aggressively get back into acting and use that to move on that to the next parlay. level? That will You want to uh, be a producer? Look at all the big stars who are also producers on films, TV shows. Look at Howie Mandel. My hero, my idol. Right. And you know, that Howie's producing big shows. I'm on one of them. I've been on many of them. But Howie didn't start as a producer. You're Howie's bitch. Well, <laughs> please. No, we have a very nice relationship, but I wouldn't call it that. No, but boy. But my point being that there are a lot of big stars who have made it. They they put, you know, they hang their whatever you call it. And Howie made it. Shingle up on as a not even in a comedy show. Remember St. Elsewhere right. was where he well, got Well, he, he also did something that was a good lesson for everyone. He said yes to deal or no deal. And he you know, has publicly said he didn't really want to do it. People do take all kinds of jobs and they never know where it's going to lead. And I'm telling you, Mark Price, you start pursuing your acting, everything else is going to blossom. Say yes, okay? Yes. Fair. That is my advice to you. I told you this is an intervention. You didn't know it. It snuck up on you. No, because I've already had this in intervention with inside my own soul or whatever you want to call okay, it. Okay, good. Then I'm just, I'm. You're backing it up. I'm just supporting what you know in your beep, gut. Beep, <laughs> beep, Tell me about That's where right. they can see you. That was you backing it up. I got it. Tell us where you can see you because we unfortunately have to wrap it up. Where can we see you? We can see me at the improv at Harris slash Harvey's in South Lake Tahoe. And that's. The week right after Labor Day, I think it's the 5th through the 8th okay. of September. Where else? And then I head up north and I'm going to be in Oregon, in Eugene, Oregon, and in Longview, Washington, and in Milton, Washington, all these little places. I used to go to Seattle, I used to go to cool cities, Portland. Your headline, I'm going to be in Milton. Mark, you're <laughs> diminishing yourself. Let me, help, let me help you out here. I'm going to be headlining. That's right. In I'm going to be headlining in Milton. <laughs> I know. I could I know. be doing dinner theater. It could be worse. You could. You could be doing um, late afternoon snack theater or something. I mean, it could get even worse than dinner theater. I like to say I could be playing Tevia in Fiddler on the Roof opposite Bull from Night Court. <laughs> Don't knock that. I could be doing somebody's, <laughs> I could be doing my buddy's podcast downtown at midnight. How dare you? That is so low. Well, I want to thank you, Mark. Uh, yeah, I consider you a great friend and I hope all of you listening have gotten a sense of what an amazing heart Mark has. He is just the sweetest guy. He's got, you know, he's just like the nicest person you'd ever want to meet. I really feel blessed to know you, Mark. You're, you're really just one and of hot those. hot chicks like that. Like that, yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. Please, I'm trying to be sentimental. They want here. a guy with a motorcycle <laughs> who's going to be mean to them. No, they don't. And this isn't about that. You're a good man. And whoever, whatever woman finds you'll be very lucky or man, I'm not going to judge. Whatever you're interested in, you make a great catch. So good luck, Mark Price. I look forward to seeing you on the big screen. If you take my advice and follow your own gut. Or and the little screen, because TV, TV, well, actually everyone's too. got a big screen these days. Do you days. feel better now? The big flat screen. But do you feel better now? Well, I look skinnier. Do you look skinnier mm. on a flat screen? You don't look skinny on anything. <laughs> you said I look <laughs> like I lost weight. I did. I did say that. You're right. But I didn't say you looked skinny. There's a difference.
A 600-pound man who lose 500 That's true. Well, 100 man. pounds Ooh, can still... I am down to 498. No, no, you're not that big. You're not that big at all. But listen, it was great having you. I know you really are busy, so thank you for making the time to come down here. And um want to thank all of you for listening. As always, it's great to have you, and I can't wait for you to join me again. We're going to have another very special person joining us again right here on Vic Cohen's It's a Fair Question. Love your guts. Love I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question.